Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best time fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Surley. My partner is Dave Crant. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, especially St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Iowa. Take a look at the new Tatula Elite Reel. You'll love it as much as we do. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't forget, you can always find us at our website, wefishasa.com. Brad Nierman is our executive producer down in Land Lakes, Florida. We send him the audio and he mixes it up, puts it together, make it sound as good as it does. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Dave Cran's going to visit with Joe McElroy. He's with the Bass Nation Kayak Series. He finished second in the event, and this has nothing to do with winning or losing or prize money. Well, maybe it does. It's a great story of uh, shows you what kind of generosity anglers have, uh, what Joe McElroy decided to do when he got handed a rather large second-place check. Great guy, great story. And I'm going to get to visit with the best, the absolute best bass fisherman in the world. Three letters says it all, K-V-D. That's right, Kevin Van Dam will be joining us later in the show. But first, let me swing it over to... Dave Kranz. Dave Kranz is going to bring on Dan Johnston. They've always got a lot to talk about. Take it away, gentlemen. And as Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, excellent. We always appreciate your uh, good insight and information. And the weather affects everything we do in our lives, but it really affects fishing and the fishermen. And I think today we're going to talk a little bit about that. It, it can make a big difference, can't it? Yeah, I mean, it's right there with uh, water level, you know, rising or falling or high or low uh, and water clarity. You know, all these things affect not only our strategy, but fish behavior and fish location. Um, so, yeah, it's a it, it's a big topic, but a really important one. And unfortunately, most of us, and I know Davey would agree, we go when we can go and we can't pick those perfect days and uh, you know, we can even define what a perfect day is Yeah, it, <laughs> from a weather standpoint. Is there a perfect day? I had a guide trip with a father and a uh, uh, his daughter uh, last week, and it, we had that cold front. We got there. This is June, and, and we got there, and it was 46 degrees. Air temperature was 46 degrees in June. Who would have predicted that the third week of June would have that kind of temperature? Nobody would have, and, and it was clear skies. It was relatively calm. It was a perfect bluebird high sky day and and i was on top of fish you know the whole week before and i knew where they were at and i know they still were there they just did not bite for the first couple hours we struggled and that, that's no surprise is it it's happened to all of us you know and to the contrary i hit the perfect day last week and we had a sales meeting and at the end of that sales meeting we were able to take some people fishing and we had one of those days where Everybody was supposed to bring their rain gear because it was supposed to rain, but it didn't. But the clouds seemed like they were, you know, 100 foot off the ground and the barometer was low and 
no wind and the humidity was up and the birds were going nuts and it was i I didn't didn't put a top water down for four hours (laughs) so you know it can it can uh really work uh in our favor and it can work against us but it's important to understand you know the what when where why and how of it and and those are important factors and whether the weather is good or bad uh one thing that i i did do on that day but that i had the the, uh, daughter and the father out uh, i went back later in the day after the conditions totally changed and guess what those fish were there we we ended up back on the spot where i started where we didn't get anything and we caught three and lost three and and so they they really didn't didn't move but all those factors of of uh uh, good days, bad days uh, can make make a difference. But like you said too, we can't pick those days. We got to go when we you plan a vacation or you plan a day. But uh, there's things that you can do. Um, there, you can you can wait it out a little bit, or you can uh, uh, try different techniques. Uh, you know what what do you do when you get a, a weather change? Do you have any examples of things that that you hit the perfect day? Uh, what happens if it's not so perfect and you didn't put the top water down because because you were getting bite after bite? Yeah, that's where it really, really the rubber hits the road, Dave. And, you know, first of all, we should just real quickly in 30 seconds define what's good and what's bad. You know, when we have the low pressure, you know, humidity can be up. We can have west or south component winds. You hear all the birds and frogs going nuts and you're on a warming trend. And that's a that's a beautiful thing. The contrary to that, and it's not necessarily the day of the cold front that can be bad. I've caught them in cold front days. I've caught them in snowstorms. It's that day after that when it's high blue and you can see to Mars and there's the winds out of the north and you don't hear the birds and that's that high pressure deal. So now that we've defined that, you know, when we're in that situation and we've all, all fished through it, you know, I, I think a couple things that I think about immediately is I want to get in their living room. And what I mean by that is instead of flipping the edge of the brush pile, I'll go in it, I'll hide the hook, you know, maybe go a little heavier line, try to go right in the cover, and I'll find a spot where I just know where they are. Let's say you've got a brush pile on a drop-off, and the fish were shallow, and it's you were sight fishing them, and then the next day is a high blue pressure deal. You go in there and you can't see them at all. They're gone. They're visually not there. They're going to pull, and they're going to go to that first available cover close to deep water. So you know they're in that brush pile, but they might not come out and get it. But you can still catch them. You, you're not going to hammer them, and they're not going to come out plenty feet to grab it. But if you go in that brush pile with something and hide the hook and flip to it 15 times – Believe it or not, you can get bites that way. And another idea would be to downsize, lighter line, finesse presentation, natural colors, and then try to stay, again, try to stay in those high target areas um, to get a bite. One thing, and this is just my opinion completely, I'm sure I could get debated till the cows come home on this, but in high pressured situations when I'm talking about barometer, when it's tough, I would rather get in high percentage areas and fish them thoroughly than cover a ton of water to try to get a bite in my opinion, because I, I, I think a lot of times, Dave, just to your point you brought up, I think they're there, they're just shut down. Yeah, and covering a lot of water takes uh, a, a faster pace, and, and I agree with you. You need to really slow down, and, and you need to drop it on their head to get a bite, and if you do that, 
uh, enough and and slow enough. And and I always like to tell uh, clients if I have them out on a guide trip or if I'm fishing a tournament and myself or just fun fishing, I I got to remind myself when you think you're fishing slow enough to slow down even more because that's what it takes to really get hit on on those kind of days. Um, how about what? How does it affect the, the fishermen mentally when you know we expect something to be different than it is? Rain gear or no rain gear or, or not as much wind? I mean, what can we do to ourselves to keep us in the game? I think it, that's a, another great question. And, and again, I can only speak on behalf of myself and the way I see situations like that. First of all, I go into it knowing I have a challenge in front of me. You can look at a challenge two ways. You can look at it negatively. Or you can look at getting three bites in an hour and a half, a big success. So you know you're not going to rack them. Like the day when the clouds are low and the frogs are jumping all over the place and they're, you're throwing it in their mouths. Every, I mean, that, you know that's not going to happen. So you go into it with the mindset, this is going to be adversity, it's going to be a challenge. But man, if I get that bite, how great is that going to feel? And then when you do, it just charges you up. So a lot of it is psychological. And you can't go out there and expect you're going to hammer them. And, and you know what? It, it, sometimes you can catch them better than you think in those scenarios, but more times than not, it's a grind. But boy, if you go in there thinking, man, high pressure, the wind's out of the north, they're just not going to bite. I can't believe I got to go through this. You're not going to catch them. You're going to start fishing too fast. You'll make bad decisions. And I think it just, it's so, how does that apply to uh, pretty much everything in life, you know, I think. <laughs> so, and it's certainly that way in, in high pressure situations in fishing too. Yes. And, and you know what? It can work the other way, too. I've had it where I was catching them on top water or being able to throw a small jig or a Senko or a Ned rig or something like that. It was relatively calm. And, and I was catching them pretty good. And this happened to be on a practice day for a tournament. And I was catching them pretty good. And I went back there the next day and there was two footers in there. And I'm like, boy, I don't think they left. But, you know, I pulled out a one ounce rattle trap and I and I got a limit, but they they didn't leave. But so it can work both ways, can it that you you can change it up from being a good situation to where it's not bad, but you have to change baits. Usually you do have to change something because, you know, big wind, not only, you know, two footers, Dave, what you mean by that is it probably changed your water clarity. And, and another thing that can happen in vegetation, let's say pencil reeds. This is a classic example. You can have fish in pencil reeds in two foot of water and you're flipping them one day and you get two footers in there, it'll rattle them out. They just won't be in there. There's just too much going on where they will bump. So a lot of times you have to adjust your presentation, not just your line size or the speed in which you fish, but oftentimes it's the bait. And you know, Dave, we've done a podcast before on, you know, anglers tool, anglers tackle boxes being like a toolbox, a trick for the trade. This is the perfect example of that. Sometimes we need a, you know, a little tiny finishing nail and sometimes we need a big deck nail. And it just depends on what we're trying to do and whether water level, water clarity, those three things can really affect the, the thousands of lures that we have in our box and, and when we throw them. Yeah, and uh, and so can just warm, sunny days, and, and we've talked about this before, that can put them on a shade pattern, can't it? Yeah, it can put them on a shade pattern, it can, and more specifically, it can move the bait to places like that, you know, and, and so then we've got to think, okay, they went to shade, but the bait's in there, and the bait's small, so they're keyed in on them, and even though we know they'll bite better in the shade, we got to go small, so that's where I'm trying to go. There, there's so many factors 
that go into this and there's so many pieces we've got to put together and that's what's so awesome about fishing i mean i i was fortunate i was on camera the other day trying to trying to put a piece together um and thought i kind of had it all figured out because i did the day before i smoked them and the conditions changed and cameraitis, man, I don't know if you've ever had it or not, but the second they click on, those fish just shut their mouths. And I had to make four or five different adjustments, and it still didn't work. And so sometimes we're we're pulling our hair out. But you know what? If we caught them doing the same thing every day, you might think that's fun, but I, 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 don't, I think I'd get bored pretty quick. No, I, I, I agree. I think uh, when you have to work for them a little bit and you have to figure them out a little bit, that is more enjoyable because I get as much out of uh, figuring out the bite and especially figuring it out when it when it changes gears. And uh, that's why we do these segments like this, because we, we hopefully help people figure it out. And uh, I definitely always appreciate having you on the podcast and look forward to uh, to next week. Yeah, thanks, Dave. And listen, for the for listener out there, know what the weather has done and know what it's going to do. Know both. Because don't just go, even though we're, our time's rare and we have to, I get that, but do your homework. Know what's coming and know, what, know what's in the rearview mirror. Love you a lot. Excellent information always, Dan. Thank you. Uh, that was Dan Johnston. Uh, I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say that the guests I have on this segment have a passion for the outdoors. And I believe our next guest uh, does. And I think you'll find it interesting uh, uh, interview. And I, I welcome Joe McElroy to the interview uh, to the We Fish ASA podcast. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. How are you, gentlemen? Oh, doing good. Um, Steve is remote, so we're. Uh, I'm just doing it here because uh, we're still separated because of studios because of COVID, but that's coming to a screaming halt, so that's good. Um, how long have you been kayak fishing? I I started kayak fishing in the 
uh, summer of 2019. And so... I own a retail store in Northern Illinois, and I have seen so many of my customers buy kayaks, and they've gone to where they buy one for a few hundred bucks to where guys have rigs that are fully automated and electronics and power poles and everything on them, and these guys are spending, you know, five, seven, eight, ten grand on these things. Uh, uh, but a lot of lot of tournaments are starting to happen out of these, aren't there? Uh, yes. Uh, kayak fishing tournaments have grown considerably over the last few years and and just the recognition of kayak sport fishing in general has grown and uh you know like you said earlier you can get into a kayak for two hundred dollars uh, or you could be like me and spend you know fifteen to eighteen thousand dollars a kayak once they're fully rigged uh so yes uh, it's it's a wide open sport a lot of people are getting into it uh, on the grassroots level, and it just it just gets more people outdoors, which is which is a really good thing in this day and time. Absolutely. Well, uh, Steve and I saw an article uh, uh, written in Bassmaster.com by Dave Brown on June eighteenth, twenty twenty one, and the title said "Kayak Angler Donates Winnings." And normally, when we we have a headliner on, we normally get the winners of of uh, events from BASS, uh, Major League Fishing, uh, Muskie, Walleye, uh, Crappie tournaments, whatever they are. Uh, but this is on the advocacy segment, uh, sponsored by Calcutta, because because of that, kayak angler donates winnings. And and Joe, you didn't finish first in this; you finished second in this tournament, correct? Uh, that's correct. I I had a one inch deduction uh, assessed the morning of. Uh, our uh, presentation and so i ended up uh you know in second place which was fine with me uh, i was blessed just to be there and have the experience that i did and uh, had a just a wonderful time out in texas and uh what caught our eye was that uh, another angler uh, that i believe finished uh seventh uh his name was Jason, and he has a, made a, a comment about having a two-year-old son, and the two-year-old son was sick, and he had a shortage of blood cells, and uh, you donated your winnings to this cause. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I had met Jason Barofka at the Top Ten Roundtable uh, that was held in Possum Kingdom at the Chamber of Commerce. He, he, he mentioned uh, his son and the battle with the very rare disease that he had and you know it, it sort of touched me and touched others as well uh, the day of the award ceremony on the stage at the classic event he you know he stepped up to the mic and basically again mentioned his son and the and the challenges that his son was having and 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 made public a, you know an effort to raise funds for it research for the disease his son is one of five in the world that has this disease so it's very very rare and getting uh, research funds for you know diseases of that nature is really challenging when there's so many other things out there that need you know more attention but in any event he you know he took his seventh place winnings and then stepped off the stage well the whole event from the time i started the planning to the time i finished it to the time I was standing on that stage, I knew God had put me there for a reason. Um, I didn't know why I had done so well, but but I was very blessed and I wanted to do something uh, that was being um, whispered in my ear. 
so after uh, Mark Pendergraft was given his first place trophy and did this little walk, they, they asked me to pick my second place trophy up, and I did. And I did my little thing, and, and, and I knew that I had, I had to do the thing that I wanted to do, and that's follow my heart and just donate my winnings to the Barofka family and to JT. And um, I did that. And it has been an absolute unbelievable ride since then. Uh, thousands and thousands of people have come forward to make contributions. We started a tournament uh, that will last all month long in July. Companies that are affiliated with the kayak and outdoor industries have jumped on board giving prizes that we will be raffling off and having uh, online auctions for. Uh, So it's in all of the proceeds, everything is going toward uh, research for JT, which is a wonderful thing. Absolutely. I had to to, uh, do that. And like you said, it was uh, something you knew you were there to do. And, uh, and um, uh, that's, that's a good thing. I, I, uh, we like to hear stories like this. And we like to, we know that the fishing community is helpful in so many ways. And the, uh, uh, the outdoors is is a great place to, to uh, recreate and um, uh, get to know others that have a like passion for, for the outdoors is, uh, Generally, you find some really good people in it, and and uh, and, and that's obvious. Uh, so definitely, uh, thank you for doing that. And and uh, if other people want to donate to this or find out more about it, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Uh, SaveJT.com uh, is the website for JT. Uh, you can go on there and follow the link. It'll it'll give you various options for making donations. Um, and I'd like to also mention uh, our tournament that's going to be going on during the month of July. Uh, it is um, being uh, ran by TourneyX. So you can, you can log on to TourneyX's uh, website and register for the event. All proceeds, again, are going straight to research for JT's uh, disease. And at this uh, right now, I think we're, we're pushing... 275 anglers that have already signed up. That's uh, awesome. Entry fee is $50 per person. And again, 100% of it is uh, donated straight to research for JT. So, that, yeah, that's awesome. And and uh, what a great cause. If you if you haven't got into kayak fishing, what a great way to do it. And and they don't have to have the ten or fifteen or $18,000 rig to participate, <laughs> do they? No, 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 no. No, absolutely not. You know, I, you know, I, I know many, many uh, anglers that fish out of three, four hundred dollar kayaks. So I'm telling you, anybody can get out and do it if they want to. Yeah, it's becoming so much more popular, and, and uh, it's just uh, a great way to get out there. And, and you can get the places guys can't get in eighty and ninety and hundred thousand dollar bass boats, can't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in my driveway. I'm looking at a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar Ranger that's been in the water five times this year. So <laughs> you're right. Kayak is the way to access waters that are typically untouched by uh, big boats. Yep, and a lot of uh, uh, people are gravitating that. Had you fished, uh, obviously, bass tournaments out of the uh, the Ranger? Have you done that, but now just switched over to the kayaking? Yes, I, I fished the Alabama Bass Trail. Uh, it's a state-run trail. Um, uh, we have a north and south division. 225 boats in both divisions. 
and uh, I fished it since it started several years ago. And I still enjoy competing in the big boat, but kayak fishing's really taken uh, a big part of my time at this at this point in my life. And the fuel bill is a little easier. Yeah, you know, I, I fished a tournament last week, and, and and I went through three hundred and fifty dollars worth of fuel in about two and a half days. So you're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, now, do you have a have a pedal power kayak, or do you how are yeah, you doing? I, I fish out of the Hobie PA uh, fourteen three sixty drives, um, uh, and uh, they're fully rigged with power pole, uh, Lowrance Electronics. I've got lots of uh, other. Uh, conveniences on those kayaks uh it's it's almost it's almost cheating if you ask me but i do have a torpedo on one of my units that i can use it's an electric motor that i could use i've yet to use it um but i haven't just in case uh i need to one day but i travel with two kayaks typically uh just in case something happens and one is rigged with the torpedo electric motor the other is just straight up a mirage drive uh, uh, Hobie. So you can get exercise doing this. You can be out in the great outdoors enjoying it, and you can uh, catch fish at the same time. What's wrong with any of that? Not a thing, my friend. No, that that is all good. So the tournament that's coming up is run by uh, Tourney X, so right. people can go, go to their site and figure out how to get involved with this. Right. And they, uh, yeah, SaveJT.com. Yeah. Save, okay. And that, and that it'll totally benefit that. So if you want to get introduced to the, uh, the outdoor world of fishing in a kayak, that, that would maybe be a good start. And, and, you know, that's down in Alabama, correct? Well, no, the, 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 the tourney is going to be nationwide. You oh, can fish any, you anywhere. Can fish any public water uh, across the United States. That's excellent. And, uh, and so they do. They they register on their phone and they take photos of these fish and have an official measuring board and do all that. Yes, it's a very simple process, and uh, it, it's it's a great it's a great way to get into the sport and do a good deed for for the Barofka family and JT's you know disease research. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, so I, I thank you for being on the We Fish ASA podcast, and I thank you for being a uh, the citizen and uh, and man that you are, and and we uh, truly appreciate what you did to help uh, JT and his family, and and also helping other uh, people with the same thing. I appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate the exposure. Pass it on. Let's do some good for the world. Excellent. Uh, thanks again, and uh, let it, let us know what. Uh, what happens? Keep us informed as to uh, your tournament uh, as it goes forward with the uh, the kayak fishing. We truly appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, guys. I sure will. Bye-bye. That was Joe McElroy. He uh, uh, has been on the podcast for the first time, but uh, this is uh, the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. We will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta. 
We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. If you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. Fishing. It's exemplified by one thing to me. Open a dictionary to fishing and there's a picture of the one and only KVD, the world's greatest angler. Hey, Kevin Van Dam, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing uh, fantastic. Uh, just getting ready to get back on the water. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you, you do a lot of that. Uh, we'll talk about uh, your career and, and being on the water and what else is involved with being on the water. But I want to tell everybody that you just won a huge Major League Fishing event, Lake Chickamauga. Uh, a little bit of a dry spell in between, but you proved uh, you came back. You're, you're still the best. Your fans are excited. And I'll tell you what, looking at social media, uh, your competitors were really happy to see you on top hoisting the big trophy. <laughs> well, you know. Um, at, at, least yeah. pub- at least publicly they were happy for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was a it was a really good week. And, um, you know, kind of something that I love to do. I love the Tennessee River, and I've had a lot of success there, you know, and those ledge-type tournaments in the summer. and. Um, was able to, you know, execute that one yeah, pretty pretty well. And it's, I mean, it's I fished two years on the Bass Pro Tour and hadn't, you know, been able to win. It's it's just hard when you have that format with, um, you know, there's a cut after the elimination round, and then there's a cut in the knockout round where the weights go back to zero, and you know, it, it all starts over for the championship round. So you you just can't have a misstep or a bad day and expect to win one i mean and it's that's a that's a really hard thing to do to put put three rounds in a row together like that and uh and come out on top so you know it was really a a really good week and um you know i'm on my way to another one right now up in new york that i've had a lot of you know i've won three times on the st lawrence too so you never know but you know a lot of times in the past for me um uh good things come together so you know I, i'm looking forward to these not only this one but the next couple because we're all in these northern smallmouth yeah. fisheries coming up 
Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, we, we've talked about this uh, since the inception of Major League Fishing and, and you making that switch that, in my opinion, made Major League Fishing a, a viable option for the fans. You know, uh, Major League Fishing is huge and, and signing KVD to, to go on that tour, uh, I think, was the biggest thing that they could have possibly done. But you know what? The, the rules don't... Uh, well, the rules are, are the same for everybody. Everybody's fishing under the same rules, but Major League Fishing does not make it easy. You're talking about the different rounds and, and zeroing out for the knockout round. Uh, they have changed the rule about what's a, a, a weighable fish and what's not a weighable fish. Uh, they change locations. Uh, they have cut the practice schedule. You get less practice time. Uh, you fish one day, you're not fishing the next uh, which has got to be very, very frustrating if you're having a good day and you're not fishing this, you know, not coming back the second day. The, the rules have been difficult. They are the same for everybody, but th that's got to affect your, your mindset at least. Well, you know, professional sports are not supposed to be easy. <laughs> you know, and, and um, you know, when you have the best of the best out there, you, you, you're going to have to make adaptations to it and you got to deal, you know, it's no different than, uh, dealing with their nature and different changing weather conditions and things like that. But yeah, it's supposed to be hard. Um, what it does do though is makes for really exciting um, finishes and and you know it, it's great for the fans. And that's in the end, um, you know whether if you're NASCAR or, or Major League Fishing or Major League Baseball or the NFL, if you don't have a product that the fans want to come out and watch or see, you're not going to be successful. So, uh, and, and the other aspect too is, you know, the catchway release is, is really uh, great for conservation and for these fisheries as well too. So, uh, you know, it's an exciting format, but I'll tell you, it is intense. It, and it I, is challenging. It sure, it sure is. And, and you know what, it's, it's a lot different you're fishing with a camera stuck in your face all day long. Uh, you got to watch what you say, watch what you do. You know, uh, uh, they, they can edit stuff out, but I'm, I'm sure they're pretty strong on what they want you saying and how they want you behaving. Uh, that's got to be really tough. It's like being the president of the United States. It, you know, I don't care what your political leanings are. I always tell people, I say, oh, did you hear the president said this really dumb thing? How many dumb things would you say if you had a camera in your face 24 hours a day? You know, it's the same thing with these yeah. guys, for Pete's sake. Uh, uh, baseball players, football players, they, they, they don't get that. But uh, you guys are under the microscope. Yeah, no, it's, um, it is, uh, uh, you know, you, you, the emotions come out for sure. And you see the intensity. And that's what I think is one of the really cool things about it is, you know, as a fan, you've never really had the access um, that we have now with these live cameras and, and having them. I mean, they air every minute of it live. And, you know, there's 16 cameras out there, so they're covering all the action and all the stories. And, um, you know, there's a lot of drama, you know, both good and bad. You know, there's you see big swings, and um, it's exciting, man. I, as a fan myself, it, once you start watching it, it's, it's just – it's hard to turn it, uh, you know, it's hard to back away from it. Are, are you a fan? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Are you a fan? Would, would, would you, you know, if you guys weren't fishing on a weekend, will you go on the computer and look at the other brand and see what's going on? 
or two, but, um, it, you know, I've watched enough of it, um, you know, on the television shows and that, and some of the, you know, the repeats or, you know, if I don't make the final day to watch it, you know, to watch some of it and it's, man, it's, it's intense. There's no doubt. And it, it definitely, uh, it's a, it's a great way to learn too. I think a lot, a lot of people love to watch it because, you see the little things. You can see exactly how somebody's, you know, winding their reel or twitching their rod or rigging the bait and, and just seeing, you know, you see the things that you wouldn't see if you, even if you're out there on the water and you're, you're watching from 50 yards away, you just, you miss all that stuff. And again, I think the guys are, are really good about uh, opening up and, and explaining to, you know, to people, what's going on and how they're feeling and the pressure, you know, when, when you're behind the score tracker and, and how great it feels if you're on top of the leaderboard too, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's the only fishing tournaments that we've ever had where as a competitor, you know, the score, you know, of the game and, and in any sport, how do you not, you know, there, there, every other sport, if you're playing in it, you know, the score of the game and that's, you know, way tournament fishing has always fun in the past so you're just you're hoping you're doing well but you just you really don't know until you come in at the end of the day and and actually weigh the fish so the difference here is is we weigh them live real time and and you know exactly where you stand and you know if you're getting behind you have to you know you have to make a move you have to take a risk you have to make adjustments and that's that's what's um, I think is really cool as a competitor, and it's it's really fun for the fans to watch. I, I agree, I agree, and I'll tell you, talk, talking about the fans, you know, you you look at this, and, and obviously anybody with a lick of common sense uh, who fishes w- watches a Kevin Van Dam, and they say, "Boy, I wish I could be that good." He is so special, you know. And when 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 you talk about it being difficult. I think I I appreciate that, and I think the fans should should appreciate that because you know sometimes I watch you and I go, man, he makes this look so easy. Well, if you came out and said, you know, this is easy for me, it's a gift I've got, and hey, man, hey, I, I, sometimes it's just too easy. Fans would stop fishing, you know, because uh, well, he's saying it's easy. It's hard for me, man. I, I go out there, and that water beats me up every time. Those fish are smarter than me. And he says it's easy. Maybe I should put my rods away and go get me some golf clubs and, and take that sport up, you know, where I've got a decent chance because I, I have a hard time doing something that's hard for me and another guy is saying it's easy. So I enjoy listening to Kevin Van Dam talk about the difficulty. Yeah, you know, it's um, that's why... Why it's pretty special when you, you know, when you see somebody, um, you know, get on a roll, you know, like, you know, Ot Defoe is, he's won two times this year, you know, I mean, you just have to, things just really have to line up um, for that to happen. And, um, you know, it just, you really got to execute your game plan and it's, it's rare, you know, and, and that's what I think as sports fans in general, you know, everybody appreciates those those key moments you know of a of a unbelievable super bowl uh performance by a a, you know a player or a team or you know it's really in any sport when you you know when you watch some of these runs that special athletes get on and things like that whether it's tennis or golf or whatever it's it's pretty uh it's pretty amazing especially 
um, when you, you know, you go out and do it your, enough yourself to understand how hard it is. I mean, golf is a great example. I, I am a horrible golfer and it just amazes me to watch, um, professional golfers on the course. And, and I've been to enough of those events that it just is like, wow, I just, I would, I would give anything to be able to, to hit a golf ball half as good as, as they could, you know? And, uh, and that's what I think fishing fans get to get to see up close and personal that they never, you know, there was always this mystique of, you know, guy goes out and catches them and, but just how, what happened. And, and, you know, now you don't miss any of that. You know, that coverage is so good that you, you miss none of those special moments. Right. No, right. And it's, it's funny with, uh, just in spectating, uh, being a spectator, uh, golf. You know they get real close to you. You're, you're you're teeing off, and there's a circle of people around you. All you know, lighting the fairway, and, and everybody's got to be real quiet. You know, while it hits the ball. Now look at baseball. He's not hitting the ball off a tee. The ball's moving, and people are screaming. You stink! I said it's 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 totally different. Uh, all all these sports are different, and the the spectators do have an uh, effect on the outcome, an effect on the performance. You've got to block it out. Not so much in fishing because they're not in the boat with you, but they do get pretty close. And, and you know, I went to my first classic just a couple of years ago, and, and I was really surprised to find out how many spectators are out there on the water following guys around and they get close to the point of interfering with what you're trying to do. And, and that can be difficult. And I know you guys don't like to talk about it because you love the fans and you're not going to turn the fans off, but that's a, a, a cross you have to bear is is uh, interference from spectators, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, it, it used to be considerably worse. You know, the, the with the advent of the live coverage being so good, a, a lot, a lot of fans now, it's just way better to watch it live than it is to actually try to be out there on the water. Now, there's some people that definitely like to be there because it's their home body of water. Yeah. You know, it's public water. It's it's open to everybody. And like at Chickamauga, I, you know, I, there was a lot of fans out there watching me, but I mean, they were extremely respectful and um, really, you know, did a good job of keeping their distance. A lot of it is just communicating with them a little bit, just saying, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm working this way or I'm going to, um, you know, I, I'm going to head over there next, you know, this direction. Can you move over here? It's, they're not really for the most part trying to get in your way. There's always a few that are out there trying to, you know, they're just trying to, um, to find your fishing spots and, and things like that. But for the most part, um, it's actually a lot better now than it was even a few years ago. And it's just because the live coverage is so good and technology is so much better that, um, you know, you can be anywhere and watch it on your phone. And, and not miss right, it right. a minute, you know. Yeah, and, and you know what? There's, there's always going to be a, a, a goofball, like kind a of baseball game, a guy that jumps on the field and runs around. Uh, uh, how, do you, how do you stop something like that? That's a total moron. And, and in fishing, you, you get guys that are like, Hey, I want to. I want to get close enough to cast to the same spot Van Dam's fishing too. I catch a fish, man. I'm a better fisherman than Van Dam. Hey, moron. That's the word I'm using right there too. Back off, enjoy the show. You're so darn lucky to be able to get close enough to see that up close. Just leave the man alone. And it's funny, this this came up on another conversation. I was talking to uh, uh, Ken Duke from Fishing Tackle Retailer, you know, uh, who one of the smartest guys in the business, you know, good good friend, Ken Duke, and I'm sure good friend of yours. 
And we were talking about spectators and spectator interference. And he said, you know, Kevin Van Dam is the absolute top guy at being able to separate himself from the fans in, in a way that doesn't get anybody mad, but he takes that out of the equation. And I said, what do you mean? He says, I've seen him position yeah, his just, he says, I've seen him position his boat like fish in a creek mouth, where he has cut them off from getting up in there and past him, you know? And he's very good with the fans and he talks to them and he has less of a problem with uh, fan interference than anybody else in the business. And that is a big advantage for him. Is that true? Well, I you know, it's it's part of um you know, it's 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 part of the mix, really, in any tournament for me. So, you know, I I've always been a big advocate of worry about the variables you can control and don't worry about the ones that you can't. You know, right. it's something you can't control the weather. You can't control if another competitor is fishing the same area as you are and things like that. You just got to make the most of those things that you can't control, but the ones that you can. Um, you know, definitely do it. I mean, making sure you're, you know, that your lines change and your hooks are sharp and your, you know, t- tackles in top notch condition, you know, anything that, that you can control. Um, and, and for, uh, a big part, the fan, you know, you never know how many fans are going to be out there in the water, how many spectators are going to be, but you know, you do have a little bit of that in your control and just, you know, your hand, you know, even giving them hand signals of, of where to watch from. Or teaching them how to watch, you know, yeah. to, you know, to keep a distance. And I think the the leagues have done a, a pretty good job of that, of educating people to, you know, hey, bring you if you want to be out of the water, bring your binoculars, um, you know, turn your electronics off, kind of stay, you know, stay back, pay attention, and uh, and just and just watch from a little bit of a distance. And and like I say, ninety nine percent of them are are fantastic. Oh, it's great. It's, uh, I, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. And uh, I, I think a lot of the other fishermen, I hope they're listening and pay attention to how you handle it because you are the consummate pro. I need to take a real quick break. This is We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley with the one and only KVD. That's right, Kevin Van Dam. We'll have more Kevin Van Dam when we come back right after this. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of bait. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. 
and with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. We Fish ASA is back. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. I'm going to cut out all of the stuff I normally say here. I don't want to waste another second because I'm lucky enough to be on with KVD, Kevin Van Dam. Hey, man, uh, you are at a grand total winnings career-wise of $6,996,908. You are uh, less than $3,100 away from the $7 million mark. Uh, you know, did you ever think that this could have possibly happened in your lifetime? Yeah, you know, I never, um, and I've been doing it, you know, this is my 31st year of, uh, of fishing professionally now on tour. And, uh, you know, it sounds like a big number, but over that amount of time compared to other sports, it's not, but it's, uh, it is, it is, uh, it's pretty amazing. I would have never dreamed if you'd have told me early in my career that I needed five graphs on my boat to, to be competitive in tournaments, I, I would have told you you're crazy too. So, you know, a lot of things have changed and uh, technology's obviously improved in a lot of ways. And um, just just our, the way we cover these sports and all the information that people can have right at their fingertips on their smoke, on their smartphones and social media and, you know, YouTube channels. There's It's just, you know, People talk about the good old days of fishing. It's really, it's never been better than what it is right now. These are the good old days. Yeah. These are the good old days. What are they talking about? Yeah, no doubt. And uh, there's more people, more people fishing now. I think this past year, um, a whole lot of people realize that how important time with family and, and time outdoors is. And, you know, we, we've gained a lot of new people to the sport whether they're fishing in tournaments or just going out and fishing for fun. We definitely have a lot more people fishing. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty dang special time to be in the industry. I think I think it is. Let me go back to what we, what we talked a little bit about, uh, Lake Chickamauga and being a, a ledge bite. Uh, a lot of people are totally blind to what you're talking about. What exactly is ledge fishing? What uh, what is that comprised of? Well, you know the the Tennessee River is uh, it's it's a series of lakes, you know that um, they use for power generation and that. So it's really not a river. Um, they are they are lakes, and you know because they run that current through there, you know all everything in the you know shad the bass the the bluegill everything you know their their whole food chain revolves around that power generation and moving water with the plankton and things like that and they get conditioned to feed during those times and it doesn't mean you can't catch them if they're not moving water but you just have to fish differently and um because these lakes have a lot they're flatter and they have a lot of shallow flats that the that the river um runs over it creates these offshore ledges and you know the bass are going to congregate closer towards that main river channel in the summer when it gets hot that's where the most oxygen's at that's where the bait's at and so um really you know in may june july 
and those in those river type power generation lakes, the main focus is that offshore structure closer to those river channels. And um, you know, you can use a lot of baits and techniques to to catch them. But I've just I'm a big crankbait fisherman, and and that's really you know the the number one tool. I threw a lot of lures in that tournament to to do well, but. 95% of all the bass came on, uh, you know, different strike king crankbaits that I was fishing. Uh, you just based on the depth that the particular ledge was, you pick the bait that, you know, that you can hit, get to the bottom with. And, and um, it's just, they're just so efficient for covering a lot of water. I got a lot of confidence in it. And that's what was neat about this event is just how all the different guys approached it. Um, and you could see that the guys that did well were all fishing their strengths they were fishing techniques or lures or uh you know equipment that they have a lot of confidence in and experience with and that's when you're going to be at your best is when you're the most comfortable with uh, the way you're fishing yeah for sure for sure uh it sounds and i've i've read this before i'm not creating anything new uh it sounds like uh, electronics was key to getting you on the fish uh tell us what you're using to find fish yeah, it's uh, probably the biggest thing we talked about, the you know, the change in over the years. Probably the biggest thing that has changed competitive bass fishing, for sure, is the technology and our electronics. You know, I mean, um, you know, I've used all Humminbird equipment, and I think that um, they truly have the most complete system with their one-boat network, um, you know, with shallow water anchors and, you know, the trolling motors, the Ultrax, and and the Humminbird graphs and the Lake Master mapping, and they all kind of work and connect together to kind of have the very best system. And now we have forward-facing sonar with the Mega 360, <laughs> which was a huge, huge asset for me in this tournament. I was, you know, it allows you to follow those ledges without being on top of them and see around the boat and see the bass there and, and that. And um, they just introduced their live sonar uh, this past week as well, so um, that's going to be a new addition. So it's just, yeah, just just side imaging and Lake Master mapping alone are unbelievable tools for that type of offshore structure because you can just, I mean, you can see the subtle differences. You can find the shell beds. You can see any stumps or grass or cover that's there, and you can see the the schools of bass in a lot of cases. So it, it's uh, it's just made. Um, you know the pros much more efficient at covering these big bodies of water to be able to break them down and and find the areas and the structure that hold the most bass. Now you take the uh, you, you take the sonar and the developments in sonar and uh, uh, it, this changes from year to year. And I'm sure Humminbirds got people talking to you when they make a little tweak and say, "Hey, Kevin, we got to show you this." Uh, send somebody to get on the water with you and, and demonstrate how these little tweaks work on your particular units. Uh, it, it's it's got to be like you know like a doctor taking you know updated courses every year to to learn their trade. You, you're doing the same thing. Uh, put that updated uh, sonar technology in with the uh, uh, spot lock systems that are built on the trolling motors today. Man, that's a lethal combination because now makes it easier to find it, and now you can stay at it while having a raising lower an anchor. I bet you haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I've heard, you know, a few people say, well, man, it's, it's, fish don't have a chance anymore. Technology's gone too far, and, and I'll tell you this. I will never apologize for pushing the envelope to create products and, and technology and, and equipment that gives 
the everyday average fishing fan angler a more uh, a better experience on the water to help them catch more fish to you know to be more comfortable to be safer and um, you know to, to get their kids or their grandkids or their wife or their nephew or whatever out there and and to have success on the water that's the most gratifying thing that I get is when fans come to me and say, man, I watched the show that you did or this, the video or what you posted on there about this lure or technique or electronics or whatever it is. And, and it really helped me. Um, you know, I caught the biggest fish in my life or I took my dad and he caught his personal best or we caught the most we ever did. Or, you know, it just, uh, you know, that's what it's, it's all about. I, you know, I love to teach people, um, how to, uh, catch more fish and that's why I really enjoy working with, you know, these companies and especially Humminbird. I mean, they're, they're fantastic. Um, you know, I work real close with their engineering team um, on developing the right, uh, you know, features and, and uh, you know, just different uh, things on the units that, that help you catch more fish or help you when you're on the water, whether it's, you know, for mapping or, um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, understand the distance that it is from from where you're at to to a particular target that you see on your graph. You know, we put casting rings on there. You know, on our uh, on our Mega 360 just for that, so you could you know see the exact distance and direction where you mark a stump or you see a school of fish to know right where to throw um, to put your bait in front of them. So, and now with this, you know, the the live sonar with the Mega Live. I mean, you can actually see the fish in real time moving your bait and see how they're responding to it to know, you know, how to change your presentation, perhaps even. So, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty dang cool to see. And um, and I love being on the forefront of, of all of these advancements in in all the products and stuff that we have. For you sure. Know. For sure. And you know what? I'm out of time. I wanted to talk about uh, uh, the HydroWave technology, which is another big deal. It was a help for you on, on Chick, but uh, we don't have time. But we'll do that again because I know we're going to talk again. I'll, I'll take the last minute to say, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I, I want to poke the bear again, okay? Yeah. Hey, yeah, Ke no, hey, you're hey Kevin Van Dam. You're not going to win another tournament this year. I don't think you got a chance. I don't care how much fancy Dan electronics you have or hydro waves or super duper loose rods and reels you're carrying. You're done. You're not winning another one this year. All right. Yeah. Now I'm looking forward to it. Icast is coming up. We're going to see a whole <laughs> new, whole new slew of new products. Yeah, and and uh, you probably uh, uh, whack me when you give me a slap when you see me at Icast. But I, I, I'm joking around because. Uh, uh, we talked about this in the past that you respond to a challenge and uh, uh, I think it was Hackney had said one time, I said something about, uh, you know, uh, Van Dam hasn't won. He said, whoa, whoa, back off there, Steve. He says, uh, you're poking the bear. You don't want to poke the bear. You, you, you say you talk negative about Van Dam, you're causing trouble. You're handing him a trophy. I said, okay, well, you know what? There's nothing I would like more than to see you win another one this year, Kevin. I think you've got a great chance the way the schedule is playing out. I, I Hopefully it plays to your advantage. It's it's tough. It's, it's hard to pick, but... Uh, if anybody's got a chance of doubling up this year, it's you, and, and I wish you the best. Say hello to the family. Uh, they're a big part of your life and your career. And uh, just keep being you, Kevin Van Dam. Enjoy talking to you, my friend. 
You bet, man. We'll see you soon at ICAST. All right. Kevin Van Dam, the one, the only. Isn't he something? Hey, thanks a lot for being with us. KVD, you are the best. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnson from St. Croix, Joe McElroy, Bass Nation Kayak Series winner, excellent guy, great human being, Joe McElroy, and then who is better than the one, the only KVD, Mr. Kevin Van Dam. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, Daiwa. What a lineup of reels Daiwa has. They have something for everybody. They've hit every price point and they make reels that have incredible quality. You want to catch more fish? Put a Daiwa reel on that rod of yours. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get podcasts and always available at our website, wefishasa.com. If you like what you hear, please let us know if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or somebody we should have on this show. Please let us know that, too. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.